What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we are talking to one of my favorite people on social media. Her name is Lydia Keating, and you guys have probably already heard from her because she was on my podcast last summer, and we had the best conversation ever about so many things. I can't even begin to describe what we talked about in that episode, and it's kind of the same with this episode. This episode went in a lot of different directions, and that's what I loved about my conversation with Lydia is because she's a very multi-dimensional person, and we have so many things in common. We honestly also look alike, which is kind of just funny to uh, think about how much we have in common than also the fact that we look alike. Like, are we the same person? I don't know. Anyways, this episode was really fun and I hope you enjoy it. Also want to give a big shout out to our Instagram. We just hit 5k followers on Instagram. Our handle is just convos over cold brew pod on that platform. And I just cannot believe we're growing our little tribe here. I love it. Also, we're almost at a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is incredible. And I seriously love reading them. This podcast is like the one platform that I don't get a bunch of feedback on because like YouTube video, I post, I get comments, Instagram, the same thing. I post, I get comments, I get DMs. But with the podcast, I don't get that. What I do get though is those awesome reviews on Apple Podcasts that I get to read every once in a while and I appreciate them. Every single one of you who have taken the time to write a review and even just rate, which takes like 15 seconds, I really appreciate it. It's a free way to support. It really helps my motivation levels with this podcast and also continuing to get credible guests on for you guys to listen to. So thank you guys again for doing that. If you guys have taken the time to do that, I really appreciate you and if you haven't yet, it would mean the world to me. Before we jump into this episode, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast, which is Inside Tracker. You guys know I've been working with them for basically a full year now, and I absolutely love them. Seriously, like one of my favorite brands to work with because I genuinely love what they do and I feel like it's really helped me tailor my nutrition to myself and also just like my lifestyle changes. I can really feel the difference since starting to work with Inside Tracker a year ago. They were founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. And using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data and blood biomarkers to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you. And then they offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes that are tailored to you and your blood work. Then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every single day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer and healthier life. And for a very limited time, you guys can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Highly recommend you take advantage of this deal, especially if you're a data-oriented person looking to just feel better on a day-to-day basis. Go to insidetracker.com Emma and you get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Now let's get straight into today's episode. Okay, Lydia and I have already been talking for literally 45 minutes, Um, so that's good. A good start to the podcast, but no one heard any of it, so now we're starting a fresh conversation here. Just pretend that we're starting all over again. Um, Yeah, it's good to see you too. How are you doing? What's I guess we'll introduce yourself first, and then how are you doing? Um, I am doing well. I my oh, so my name's Lydia Keating. I've been a guest on this podcast before. And apparently I was asked to come back, which you were multiple times by a lot of different people. And I was like, yes, I'll have her back for sure. Because I feel like we ended the last podcast and we were still talking and it literally went on for so long. It was like an hour and a half. I was like, okay, we should probably like cut this, but we have so much to talk about clearly because we just talked for 45 minutes before this episode even started. So yeah, well, we had to get it all out. There's some stuff we don't tell the internet. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just for friends. Um, yeah, I'm very honored that your uh, listeners asked me to come back because I assume that a lot of your listeners are like, you know, turbo beast runners, which I'm not. And I've seen other get like you have professional runners on this podcast. Yeah, I do. But also I'm not a turbo runner anymore. So I think people just like, they're open to anything these days, you know? Mm -hmm. But I bet you can like, because you used to be a turbo runner, you know, the questions to ask. Like, you I know, do know the questions. An engaging conversation. And yeah. Like, I can relate to the turbo runners because I want to relate to the non-turbo. Yes. Okay. I'm starting to be able to, honestly, a lot of, if someone was like, tell me how to run from day one, I wouldn't know the answer, mm -hmm. but I'm starting to learn more about just like the general running community. Honestly, yeah. my first experience with running the Chicago marathon in 2019 of like, that was my first race where it wasn't an elite field. Like I wasn't lining up on the starting line with a bunch of like pro runners. And I was like, this vibe is immaculate. Everyone was like super chill. Everyone was super nice. Everyone was just like ready to go get after it and just have fun. And I was like, this is so different than like lining up on the start line of like someone like, like the elite marathoners who are yeah. pooping their pants before they even start the race. So yeah. Well, I have never lined up with elite runners and probably never will, but I will say like one of my favorite feelings is running a road race with strangers who are just jazzed about running. Like when I ran the New York city marathon, which is, I say this all the time, one of the best days of my life. And I really can only think of like, I don't, I don't know what the other best days are. I just <laughs> don't want to say, I don't want to say it was the one you <laughs> just have to like throw some other ones in there, even though you don't know what they are. Right. Right. Cause I think if I said it was the best day, people would be like, okay. <laughs> like, have you not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like a little too much, Yeah, but I yeah. do want to communicate like how wonderful of a day it was. And <laughs> I remember pretty early on in the race. Like, I don't even think we had hit six miles yet. Um, I was just like feeling so jacked up on life that like, <laughs> oh, no. this is embarrassing to admit, like in the run. And it's, it was kind of crowded at that point. Like I was surrounded by a lot of other runners. I was like, yeah, New York. <laughs> and just like hollered it. And I got a woo. I got someone who wooed me. <laughs> I don't think that's so embarrassing. The things that people do in, in marathons is there's plenty more embarrassing things that happen. Like just like free peeing. There was a man who free peed in front of me. Like, yeah. Like the, it's just like a weird me. atmosphere. Like people just do weird things like out of character things. Cause they're just, <laughs> I don't know anything that happens past mile 20. I don't even look in the, the other direction. Like, Oh yeah. Well, someone's taking tequila either. shots. Someone has poop running down their legs. Like I just like, don't even <laughs> no judgment is being made in a marathon. I don't think so. That's true. People like reach outside of their human selves, especially at the end of a marathon. I would say the funnier version of humanity is at the beginning of a marathon, like when people are warming up and they're like, have all their like gadgets and gizmos and like energy, like gels. <laughs> it's just like, and everyone's like hopping around doing their warms. It just looks kind of ridiculous. I actually wanted to write um, like a comedic short story about a running a marathon, but it's, I find it's really hard to make sports funny. Like, I think it's funny for, from the perspective of an athlete. Yeah. But then like people have such a, I think people who don't run like 
when I'm like, oh, I run a lot and someone's not a runner, they're like, oh, I can't even, I couldn't run a mile. Like they like make it about how much they like hate running, no matter how much they've tried. And people have like repulsion to running. (laughs) And it's like, every time I talk about running, I'm not trying to show off. I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I'm a runner. I know it's not a flex to be like, yeah, I run. I used to be good you know like (laughs) yeah that's not it's not a flex but that's I was never (laughs) okay yeah but the way that you just phrase that like it's so true like if you're talking to strangers like yeah I run they're like oh my goodness like I could never and they make you feel like weird about the fact that you're admitting that you run because Mm -hmm. like you like you said it's almost like a flex but it's like I'm not trying to flex I just say Mm -hmm. that I enjoy it and then yeah. you have, you feel the need to be like, it's actually not that bad when you start training and you just, blah, blah, blah. but then it's just like, it's no hope because this person's never going to start training because they hate running and they have a repulsion yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always feel like a need to like, then like downplay some other part of my life when I say I'm a runner, which is ridiculous. Cause I'm not even a good runner. Like, it's like a little, I don't know. Yeah. People who don't run hate it, but I, to your point earlier, I we're just adding like replies to each other's yes. well I was like bookmark because I want to circle back <laughs> I um also get a lot of questions on TikTok about how to start running from scratch like for starting from ground zero which I can understand why maybe that's not an answer you or you a question you have an answer to because you've been running since you were a little kid right yeah So, and I think I don't really have a perfect answer to it either because I was a college rower and I think even though the sports are really different, like you still have an understanding of just like how to do a cardio workout and like, not even just because the cardio workouts are so different, but like the sun, the sensations you will feel throughout the course, the limits, like, you know, your limits of your own body. Yeah. You know how you should feel if this is something you want to do for an hour, or if it's two hours, you know how it should feel a different way. Or if it's 15 minutes, it should feel differently. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something I'm so grateful for, for having been a college athlete, but I don't, I want to get a sense on how you feel about this. Cause the advice I always give to people who want to get into running, I was, I always say, get into the walk run, which is like run for three minutes, walk for 10, like, you know, and just do little tid in interval tidbits of running and walking. Do you, t- do you believe in this? Yeah. I think that's like a very good, like starting point. That's is something I would give to someone, especially if they're starting from day zero, that was the walk run for sure. I think running is mostly just about consistency. Like you just have to get out the door, even if it is just for a walk at first, like you just need to build that routine of getting out the door and just running for as far as you can, I feel like, and then taking a walk break or whatever, just making that a routine. And then you'll eventually see progress. Yeah. There is really like, it's all just commitment to doing it. Yeah. I don't run every day, but I, at least when I'm trying to run and like, have it be part of my lifestyle, I at least want to run five times a week. Yeah. And sometimes literally that's running a mile because, but, but there is such a beauty in like the repetition of it. And I think the like, uh, you know, misconception is like, if, if you're a runner, like it's never hard for you to like get back into it. If you have to like take a little time off, because <laughs> one thing that we, I don't think spoke about when we were being recorded is I'm just recovering from a little bout of a sickness. I don't know. I don't know why I feel the need to be secretive about it. I had COVID. (laughs) 
Um, and it was, anyway, it was not, it didn't feel good, but I, it was, it was fine actually. But I, anyway, I got over it and, uh, but I haven't run in like, I literally haven't run in two weeks and I'm so daunted by the idea of getting back into it for some reason. I'm and there's a part of my brain that's like, you can't do this. You won't be able to run for one minute straight. Like, <laughs> I don't know why my brain tells me this, but it's always hard getting back into it. But I yeah. always tell myself, just go out and go for a mile and see what happens. And usually what happens is good. Sometimes bad, but sometimes good. Yeah. I think you just have to go out there. Like the first one, especially with no expectations, like don't plan a run. Like don't be like, I'm going to go for six miles today on my first run back. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to have no expectations and just see how you feel, especially when you're coming from like a sickness. I think that a lot of the time, especially because like, I mean, injuries, I feel like you're prescribed a certain amount of time. Like someone's like, oh, okay, go try running for 10 minutes or whatever when you're injured and you're coming back from an injury, but sickness, no one's really like, go try running for 10 minutes. It's kind of just like, okay, if you're feeling better, like you should be out back. Yeah. You've already been doing, but I think you need to kind of approach it with the same thing of just like, I'm going to go out there for 10 minutes and see if I'm okay or not. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after like a sickness like COVID, I feel like you just have to give yourself a little more grace because it's kind of rough. So, yeah, but it's not going to feel good. <laughs> no, no, it, it never does. No. Yeah. Do you, and so in San Diego, this is what I see from your Instagram page, but it seems like you have quite a few running buddies. Yeah. I have a squad, but I think it's also just like knowing, I don't know, networking, like, because mm-hmm. I grew up here, it's really easy to find people to run with. But mm-hmm. a lot of people I have been running with since I moved back have been actually new friends. Oh, like, how did you meet them? One of them was through my old um, high school friends. And I just found out that she does a ton of swimming, biking, and running. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I do that too. And then we've actually yeah. become very close, which I feel like is kind of rare. I don't really make super close friends after yeah. college. So especially that do like the same things that I do. So that was mm-hmm. cool. And then my other group of people that I run with, they're all like in this biking group that I bike with. And that started during COVID. And then we started like a run group because people just started running. I think Mm. people just live a really active lifestyle. So a lot of people are into doing that. So San Diego is like, it's one of like the biggest places for triathlon. So you'll just find a lot of people that swim, bike and run around here. And that's, what's really nice about being here is that I feel like I always have someone if I want to yeah, be like, Hey, can I run with you? So yeah, that's what I really miss about the West coast because when I lived in LA, that's how I made all my closest friends. Well, yeah. that and stand up, but it's, it's just like the shared activity. It's so hard to make a friend by just being like, do you want to go get a cup of coffee? Like I've yeah. never made a lasting friend that way or a drink. It's like, we talk for a little bit. It might be a good conversation, but it, you just don't feel like you've made a friend after that. But if you go for a run or multiple runs with someone or a bike or a swim, I feel like you, you start to feel like you have a new friend, which is, and you also have like a shared thing that you do together. Like you always have something that you can fall back on. Like maybe, I mean, maybe you can do something that's not a run, but it's always nice to just like be able to go on a run with someone else, but rather than like a normal person where it's like, how many drinks really do you want to get with someone (laughs) until it gets boring? Yeah. Yeah. This might be me being crazy, but (laughs) I haven't made when I really think about it, I haven't made an actual new friend since, and this might just, this might not be related. Like it might not be a cause and effect sort of thing. It just could be correlated, but I don't think I've made a new friend since I started becoming a content creator. (laughs) And one thing I think about is, okay, 
is it gonna if I meet someone who I genuinely think could be my friend and or who who we could have a friendship with is that gonna be like a roadblock is it gonna be weird for them to like see me on the internet like perform like I I feel like your content is so much more like this is like your real self and you're you're sharing your like athletic side a little bit more I guess I do too you do that too I know I'm in my head about it. You really are. Like yeah. no one's okay. First of all, no one's gonna judge you for being on the internet. I don't think. Oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about what? judging me. Okay, this okay. is actually really a, a sad like moment. But okay, I'll turn but, my face into yeah, a frown. Yeah, yeah. Please. Oh my frown. gosh, I'm crying. Yeah, please frown and cry for this whole story. So okay I'm you know I'm in getting my MFA in creative writing at Boston University yeah so the program is really small it's only 10 people we call that our cohort and they're they're never gonna fucking listen to this because sorry (laughs) (laughs) so uh, I don't know if I can swear (laughs) no you can just (laughs) okay they're never gonna listen to this because they like I don't know we're not friends okay that's what's become clear I am not friends with these people they so I don't want to get into all of it but like this is that we're all um for the most part in our like late 20s early 30s so these are full-grown adults it's a 10-person group I'm not lying when I say this is the cattiest group of people (laughs) I have ever (laughs) why i don't know they're they're literally it's clicky it's mean on okay i guess i am kind of getting into it there there has been like a divide in the group of like what i perceive as good guys versus bad guys (laughs) wait which side are you on i'm on the good guys okay it's like it's just kind of like a nice i don't know they're they're one example which i just think is emblematic of kind of like all of it is our the program is basically made up of these workshops where we're supposed to write story short stories short fictional stories that and twice a week or three times a semester your story will be workshop so every week we're wa- workshopping different uh, each other's essays i don't know why that took me so long to explain it <laughs> so the like second week of school that one of the students, one of my peers, uh, submits a story that we workshop in class. And like, usually the workshops are really critical. Like, and, and I, at first I was kind of like shook by this. I was like, wow, this is savage. Like, I'm so scared to submit my writing, but then you kind of get numb to it and you're like, yeah. just taking the criticism. Yeah. But anyway, the, the like second workshop, some one of the other students stories are workshopped we literally have three hours like the workshops are three hours long so you have all the time in the world to like voice any sort of criticism you have and like give feedback so after this class which ends at like 8 30 p.m at night which that's a whole other thing i think that's way too late for, <laughs> for class i'm supposed to be in bed at 8 30. so after class a a group mostly the bad guys but everyone's invited goes to a bar and gets beers after class it's kind of like a tradition that that our professor was like you guys should go do this create bonds whatever and people started doing it so i wasn't there at at on this particular day but what i heard was that like one of the other students the second week of school just like 
absolutely tore apart this other writer in our cohort and was saying like, I don't want to repeat the things just on the off chance that like some one of them happens to listen to this because I want to protect my ass. But like just saying things that I think were so wildly inappropriate, especially given that creative writing is such a vulnerable craft, writing in general is a vulnerable craft. Yeah. You're sharing like your art in like uh, just like a, a very explicit way. And I think to set that tone so early on that like people are going to be shit talking each other's writing outside of class in a non-professional, non-constructive way yeah, was so appalling to me. And honestly made, I hadn't submitted yet, but it made me so scared to share my writing with these people. And, it, and there, I think most of it was coming from one or two other students but like other people were there and not like saying anything and yeah. I was like, and also I'm like you guys are 30 years old <laughs> I'm like so shocked that's the one of the more shocking things because hey I've been on sports teams and I've seen meanness in its truest form which I believe is on a college women's sports team <laughs> But no, I, apparently I'm wrong. It comes from 30-year-old sad people, aspiring writers. No, but it's gotten better. The cohort's gotten better. Anyway, I don't know how I got on. Oh, oh, <laughs> people judging you. Okay, so I find this out about this, like these people shit talking other people's writing. And by the way, as soon as I hear this, I'm like, okay, they're gonna shit talk mine as well. Just get prepared, Lydia. Like don't expect meanness from these people. So... Then flash forward, I find out that the same specific individual who was saying these vile things about one of my other classmates was saying stuff like he could never respect me or my writing because of my social media and uh, thinks it's ridiculous, can't take me seriously because I'm an influencer. And I was like, ah, content creator. Okay. <laughs> That's the one thing. Ahem. Yeah. actually a content creator so step off. <laughs> sir get the get the verbiage right yeah <laughs> yeah oh that sucks um, though that's ridiculous yeah. I know I mean I've kind of like accepted that this is a person's opinion or this is someone's opinion who I don't care about now I didn't feel that way originally but he he unfortunately dug himself a big old ditch and threw himself down it and yeah could have could have been a friend but no he showed his true colors and i that's one thing a bitch can hold a grudge hey <laughs> i will never forgive him ever <laughs> okay well i mean if you know that he's making that stark judgment on you just because you post videos on the internet like that's so stupid that's so outdated that's like grandpa behavior it's boring it's, bo it's boring boring it's like come on get a new yeah. narrative influencers are actually yeah. cool now and everyone wants yeah. to be one so step off actually content creators are cool now and everyone <laughs> yeah wants to be one are they so. though because sometimes they get in my head i need to move back to the west coast where like because i did a photo shoot with Allbirds in santa barbara okay yeah i literally when you posted your stories of you on in california i was like where are you and then you post the ocean and i was like are you in like san diego or la and oh, then no, you i were all the way up. in santa barbara i was like never mind i'm not hitting you up <laughs> I should have stayed in California because I yeah. would have loved to hang out in real life because I feel like you're a real friend even though we've only spoken on <laughs> Skype or what is this Zoom? I just called it Skype. Oh my God, I'm old. Oh my gosh, you're the grandpa. <laughs> grandma. Um, but then I promptly got COVID. I literally felt, I so I had to get tested before and got tested afterwards and I felt my, I felt a tickle in my throat 
on the plane back. And I was like, this can't be, I just got tested. This cannot be. I was like, no, no, no PCR. And, um, then was knocked out, but uh, okay. So I was in Santa Barbara for this photo shoot with Alberts. And I literally was like, I feel at home. I love the landscape. I love the people. Like, I just felt like it was so nice to be around, not just the other talent. That's what they call us. Um, (laughs) not just the other talent who were like runners, athletes, you know, but like the, the, like Allbirds creative directors that were there and like the guys shooting, I was like, oh, I loved this part about like, I really think California or like maybe Southern California where like just creativity is just like always ever flowing and like people expect like kind of like weird innovative careers and like you can say you're a content creator and people be like oh sick like they're not gonna like judge you or think yeah which is how my experience has been in boston and like rhode island i mean i feel like you're well you're also just in school too so i feel like that's a i don't know just a different scenario because none of those people that are with you are going to be influencers so no No. that's not really like a profession that's people go to school to try to be so maybe that's an aspect of it in in college but I mean Rhode Island also yeah there's probably just not that many um content creators in in that uh state but honestly you strike me as a California person I'm surprised you don't live over here I mean you said that you lived in LA but LA is also different like it's just I don't know you honestly you give me San Diego vibes it's just so chill and the weather's amazing sun beach and it's a great place to be and you should move here so I think I would thrive in San Diego I yeah I when I lived in LA I went to San Diego a few times and I was like San Diego is like the cleaner better version of LA I also though low-key when I was in Santa Barbara I was like why does like everyone should live in Santa Barbara like I was just like yeah shook by the beauty and there's something about the California coastline that just it tickles me like I yeah it's just staggeringly beautiful like the way the mountains hit the ocean like you just don't get that on the east coast and I love the east coast like my content is about how much I love New England all like but it it was like I had like forgotten it It was like weirdly nostalgic being there it's just so beautiful yeah Santa Barbara is like obviously super nice it's just there's not that much of a young population there other than the college like people go there to go to UCSB and then there's just people that have retired there. Like there's not really that much of the middle ground because mm-hmm. you don't have companies really that are based. Like there's not a ton of companies that are based there rather yeah. than like LA and because everyone's based in LA or San Diego or San Francisco, like Santa Barbara's just a, it's so beautiful though. Like I would retire there. I mean, it's so nice. I just needed yeah. somewhere a little more popping, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It is sleepy, but I think even for me, coming from where I live right now in rural Rhode Island, I would be like, this is popping. <laughs> like, I'm just more talking about, it's not even like the, I don't need nightlife. I don't really go out yeah. that much, but it's more just like making friends my age, Yeah, which is like a necessity for me. And that's why I don't know anyone in Santa Barbara really. So I just knew like, I, it wasn't really even an option because it was like, I don't know anyone that lives there. And why would I move there when I have all my friends here? So yeah. Yeah. San Diego. I would love to live in San Diego. I have to figure out what I'm doing with my life next year. <laughs> I graduate from this program. You and I were talking about this before we started recording. It's just so it's one of the, it's like a blessing and a curse of being an influencer that you have so much mobility. Yeah. A content creator that you have so much <laughs> mobility and um, like literally, I mean, have you ever considered living internationally? 
Yeah, but then I think about the tax part of it and like the weird logistics and it just turns off the idea in my head immediately. I'm like, I don't, logistics, no, too hard. Yeah. But I'm sure it's not actually that bad considering how many times I've moved and the amount of logistics I've had to go through just from moving so many times. Yeah. I'm sure international living wouldn't be that bad, but I haven't even traveled very much, yeah. like at all. So I, I don't know, I don't even know where I want to live, you know? Yeah, I feel like it would probably, I didn't even think about the taxes, by the way tax season we, we're not going to talk about that on your podcast because that would be literally the most boring <laughs> let's talk about taxes <laughs> let me tell you how much i order i owe quarterly this year i'm really oh. in the hole well that's what i should have done though by the way i just was an idiot and i like was like i'm just gonna pay it all in april or whenever you get your taxes and then i was like oh god you're it's okay to april's gonna come around i'm literally gonna shed tears um oh it's on my couch over here so yeah <laughs> welcome to the tax podcast bring lydia and emma <laughs> Everyone cares. Everyone's like, all my 13 year old followers are like, uh, I listen to this podcast for running. But if you are a 13 year old follower and you're listening to this, this is like, educate yourself on taxes. Cause I wish someone, it should be part of our curriculum. Why is it not? I, I don't understand why it's not. This is like the amount of stress it causes me in my adult life. I'm like, why was this not taught in elementary school then in like we should have been like the way we were taught like i don't even know how to play the freaking what is that uh the recorder the recorder that no eliminate that from our curriculum throw in taxes because it's just not worth how stressed it stressful it is and i don't even know what to do like i'm just so clueless that i'm like i'm not dealing with this I'm hiring an accountant. I'll pay you hundreds of dollars when it comes time. And I will throw all of my 1099s at you and I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing this year. I'm hiring an accountant, but then she like, isn't emailing me back. And I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> is my accountant ghosting me? Like that's not, that's not just like a professional, but it's a blow to the ego. Cause we yeah, had a really nice phone call and I thought we kind of like got along and I was like, oh, she thinks I'm smart and like easy to work with and this will be good. And now I'm like, does she? <laughs> My accountant ghosted me. That sounds yeah. like a YouTube like thumbnail. <laughs> oh yeah. Title. <laughs> That's like you and I were talking about um like YouTube earlier and just being consistent. The thumbnails stressed me out. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at them. People have told me I need to get better at them, and I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I haven't, unfortunately, I don't think I've, wait, I can actually look it up right now. What your thumbnails look like. What's, what's kind of your style? What's your aesthetic? Well, I'm, I just changed them. Like they were kind of all over the place. Now I'm going more simple, but I don't know. I don't know. It just changes. Honestly, my whole vibe and life changes every six months. So I don't know what my style is. I'm still figuring it out and everyone's coming along for the journey. Oh, wait, I see (laughs) your, I'm looking at your YouTube page. Oh, (laughs) what you see the picture of me crying the first one? Uh, it's so you're just going for like the one photo yeah I think I'm just trying to go simple now I like that it seemed it's giving Emma Chamberlain yeah because it well that's like kind of my vibe right now it's like more of just vloggy style that it's like you don't know what you're gonna get until you click on the vid you know yeah I like that I like you know when Emma Chamberlain did her like pivot yeah like that style that we're kind of talking about of like simplistic, almost like cinematic, honestly. Yeah. I love that. That well, looks like, kind of, that's your vibe. Well, that's what I, I was trying to emulate. And then I just like lost my zest for YouTube. You know, I'm going through a content creator slump right now. Yeah, I, okay, I was, we all have if, them. Yeah. 
if any members of freaking are listening to this podcast just know i'm in a dark place with my content creation okay but i really have been enjoying your tiktoks though it seems like you've been doing like little story times or just like yeah the little um poems or not poems that's not the right (laughs) just like little stories well I, i actually like that you just called them poems because the thing the reason why i started doing that is i was like okay if i'm trying to like be a novelist and write a novel like I want my account to come off as almost like a little literary, like just not be so classically a fitness influencer. So I was like, okay, I'll do these like voiceovers that is kind of me just orating my writing. But then the more successful voiceovers were the ones where I'm like kind of casually just like shooting the shit sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Part of me is thinking of trying to start a new TikTok account not delete this one but start a new one where i'm just that's like dedicated only to my writing quick little interruption here to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast which is gooder if you've watched any of my youtube videos recently you know i've been rocking with my gooder sunglasses gooder makes 25 dollars active sunglasses for anyone they're lightweight comfortable and they don't move when you run all for only 25 dollars i also love that they're all polarized which is really helpful because it's really sunny in san diego right now and my eyes cannot handle the sun and i need full-on polarized sunglasses and it's amazing that gooder has them for only 25 dollars they're also really stylish and they have a bunch of different colors and models to choose from i have some sitting right next to me and some of the names of their their sunglass models are incredible. We've got See You at the Party, Richer. Don't Snake My Wave. <laughs> Sales House Buys Van. They also have a model called Influencers Pay Double, which, you know, okay, I can appreciate the humor in that. There's also free US standard shipping on all orders over 50 bucks, and there's 30 day free returns, so you can try them out. And I'm sure you guys are gonna love them. For 25 bucks, you might as well do it. I highly recommend for anyone that's active and needs a pair of sunglasses, they're only 25 bucks. Get one or two for a friend as a gift. Treat yourself to a pair or two. Go to gooder.com. That's G O O D R.com and get 15% off your entire order when you use code coldbrew at checkout. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping in the US. That is 15% off with code coldbrew at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into the episode. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's like me with my food Instagram. I was like, I'm not going to bombard people that don't want to see my food on my regular account. So I think it's good. What's your food Instagram handle? Oh, it's one crazed foodie. Oh, I didn't know about this actually. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I feel like a lot of your followers though do like your writing. Like, I feel like that's why a lot of people follow you. Like I asked the question box on my Instagram for this episode and a lot of people brought up the writing. Really? Yeah what they say. Oh my God. I'm let me so look. flattered. Yeah. Let me look. <gasps> wow. Yeah. See people care, dude. I'm telling you, I think you're really getting in your own head. Like you're really psyching yourself out and you just got to go with it because I enjoy your content and a lot of other people do too. I think oh, you're really like getting in this, in this funk of I am second guessing I- yourself. I don't want to be pointing too many fingers as to what I think the root of it is, but I think it has a lot to do with how traumatizing this social experience has been with my fucking the school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be too, if someone just straight up some stranger was like, I don't respect you because you're a TikToker. Yeah. And also the person who told me that, you know, it's one of those things where like, someone tells you something that someone said about you in the thing that they're the information they're delivering is incredibly hurtful and then they're like that's just what they said and it's like 
okay no argument yeah yeah I'm like, what did you say back to him because that's like a, a very rude thing and if someone said that about someone else in front of me i'd be like shut up like yeah. what are you even and so when someone tells you that and they like don't imply that they like defended you in any way <laughs> you start to feel like the crazy one you're like oh my god okay wait should i like i, I shouldn't be taken seriously i'm an absolute fucking imbecile idiot on the internet like i really i really have you're stop. really getting in your own mind about this from this random man i mean he's not random man to you but like no he kind of is yeah i just think i mean he's just some dude that has an outdated like view of the world i feel like people really enjoy your content because you are authentic it's not like you're cringy like not saying tiktok dances are cringy but like i feel like that's more of an argument to be like if you're a in a creative writing program and you're there doing the renegade every single day like that's maybe something (laughs) a little bit different but like you actually I mean your videos are good and they're not like cringe so I don't really get why I don't even really get what the argument is but also I'm a content creator so Mm -hmm. I am biased and being like it's it actually is a real job it's not like a just a random thing like post yourself on the internet that's like my pet peeve when people say that when they just say get a real job I'm like okay yeah well the great irony about me being in this program is like okay the way you get paid as a writer is you either like okay there are the like very successful kind of like celebrity writers like sally rooney did you ever read any sally rooney books no i don't know anything about writing to be honest okay she's this (laughs) author who like is basically a celebrity author her book got adapted into a BBC series. Anyway, she's like kind of famous. She, Sally Rooney is her lifestyle. She's probably a millionaire. Like she's, because she's had this TV show and all these things. Like when your novels get adapted into movies, I think you're pretty much smooth sailing in Mm -hmm. a monetary sense. But most authors, their books aren't adapted to movies. If, If they can even get a book published, which is already incredibly difficult. So... The way you make money as a writer is you like you often do these like residency programs where you teach part time at a school, especially if you're a young writer, if you're a more established writer, then you might have a full time faculty position at a university. But the point I'm trying to make is like you're not most writers are not swimming in money. And I think the very relevant question for a lot of people at the end of this program is, okay, I'm going to graduate with a degree that's awesome, but incredibly hard to monetize because, you know, people want to be writers. So I'm, and I, when I hear that, and you know, we've spoken about this a couple of times with like our, some of our professors who like speak openly about like the reality, the financial realities of being an author. But whenever I'm sitting in these kind of discussions, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, feel confident as ever because I have this like income source where that allows me time to write and like work on my craft and then also con- to- totally control my hours of being of when I'm working. And that's not to say that influencing is easy and that it's, it fully is a full-time job as you and I both know. Yeah. But, but it's flexible. Yeah. It's and definitely flexible. You don't feel like you're doing like someone's bitch work, which is how I felt in all my other jobs before this. It's like, yeah you're on someone else's clock, you're, you have other people's deadlines to me. And that makes it really hard to like work on your own thing because especially something creative, like Mm -hmm. writing. So, and also, I mean, in terms of like a marketing perspective, you've had this like great audience that is willing probably to buy whatever you put out. So, well, that's my, I hope with, if any publishers are listening to this podcast, my hope is that I can like leverage 
my online, my digital audience as like, maybe if people are interested by my writing, <laughs> I don't I will buy it. I will buy it. See, I'm a Stan and I'm sure so many other people are Stans too. To like, I mean, I don't even know anything about writing, but I, I also just like people that are like authentic online and are passionate about something. And I think that's why people like you, especially cause it's like your fruit gang or whatever. That's like how you first got started mm -hmm. and people just love people's passion about things. And yours is like fruit. Yours is running. Yours is mm -hmm. your writing and everything. So I feel like people just like passionate people yeah. and that's what people like about you. And I don't think really it has to do with any certain aspect. I know it's easy to get, though to get wrapped up in the numbers of just being like, maybe some people don't like this because they only want to see this sort of content. I don't know. I don't even know what yeah. I'm saying, but people like passionate people. And that's why I like you because you're a passionate person. Yes. Because you run too. Also, like I can relate to that, but more just like, I think you as a person, I just like passionate people. So oh, I'm yeah. blushing. <laughs> well, I, I just, I do. I think that's, I talked about it on one of my last episodes. Like that's the main thing I think I look for in friends or just people that I follow on the internet. Like a lot of the times I think I'm like, I think kind of just want to unfollow everyone. Mm -hmm. and start from scratch and just like really only follow people that I enjoy following and you'd be one of them because I enjoy your passion so what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. That's very nice. Like you want to unfollow like friends. Like just because I feel like I just spend so much time consuming content on the internet that I, it just distracts me from everything else. Like I, and just then just being able to check in with people that I like genuinely care about rather than just watching, I don't know, a ton of people's like Snapchat stories that I don't even know. Like, why am I doing this? You know? So it yeah. just like, I don't know. I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> I've thought about it. I know. Yeah. I mean, when I think of like the sort of content that I see that has like an adverse effect on my mental health, it's oftentimes like, okay, maybe it's like like you know well I, I think it's I literally just not, <laughs> did not just say a sentence because I was gonna say something and then I was like actually I don't want to say it that happens to me every time I yeah. record a podcast I listen back to myself I'm like shut up I'm so annoying yeah. I say like 40 million times and I don't spit out what I'm trying to say I know and during this I think I'm being so eloquent and I'm gonna hear it I'm gonna be like oh my god I'm sounding like an idiot this is like when I watch wait okay I'm interrupting you this is like when I watch those tiktoks of people making fun of people of the podcast because they just they say so many words and they say nothing in the same sentence. I'm like, that is actually me. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Continue your thought. Um, what was I even saying? <laughs> I, oh, oh, I, I know what I was saying. Cause this happened today. Sometimes I get like strange FOMO or just like the feeling that I'm not, you know, just that negative feeling you sometimes get when you're like take consuming social media the the me the content that makes me feel the lowest is oftentimes like that random kind of like peripheral friend I had in college who I like wasn't that close with who's like posting pictures of her and her best friends being like love these people more than anything like thank you for the best birthday ever and then that's when I get in my head of like fuck do I have like 
that many friends? Yeah. Do I even have that many close friends? Would any of my friends throw me a birthday party? Like that's when I start doing the really toxic comparison sort of thing with randos because like, but not total randos. Like I know enough about them to like kind of color in some holes, Yeah. but like not enough to really know that like, I'm sure she has her own struggles too, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is like literally so true see this is why I just want to do a complete cleanse of my social media because I don't even want those thoughts in my head I know I know well then I love social media on the other hand too I love consuming content so yeah it's it is really relaxing and enjoyable and like there's nothing like after a long day putting your feet up and just getting on TikTok and doing a good (laughs) old scroll it's so fucked but there's something about it that like really relaxes me but then this is the thing it's like a bad drug it's like it feels so good you're <laughs> until it doesn't until it doesn't and then you're then you're an absolute witch like I or it makes me sometimes a witch like oh, I'll witch. like be on TikTok and like my boyfriend will be like hey do you want to like watch that television episode we said we were gonna watch I don't know why I just said television not tv <laughs> I've been doing some Your boyfriend's weird 80 years old. <laughs> yes, my boyfriend's name is um Vincent. I don't know why I think that's an old person's name. Kind of is. Or vamp that sounds like a vampire more than anything. I know. But anyway, my my boyfriend will be like, Lydia, do you want to watch TV now? And I'll be like, I'm busy. Like, like someone. I know. Oh, I have an anger streak that I think I obviously don't show on the internet, but like I it, but it's like a part I'm not proud of. And sometimes I think it's exacerbated by time spent on the internet like the irritability yeah Yeah, I agree with that I definitely get more irritable the more honestly I think the more content I consume the worse I'm doing Mm. like there's just like a direct direct correlation the more content I'm putting out the best I'm doing yep totally so that's when I know I'm doing bad is like if I'm just spending all day watching things like I do enjoy watching videos but it's Mm -hmm. almost like a self-harming mechanism I think yeah totally agree where it's like it's like a drug where you like you just consume and you're just like I'm just sitting there on the couch like a giant lard watching and zoning out yep I yeah yeah so I told you I don't know if I said this while we were recording or not but recently I've been going through like such a dark place with social media that like but but because it's my job and I don't want to do the thing because I did I've done this before like this past summer I'll be like social media is toxic and then I'll delete the apps And I won't post for like two weeks. And I don't think that's a good idea either because like this really is my job and my source of income. And like, that's not a helpful thing either. So what I've been doing is I'll, I'll post my content that I've like prepared and then I'll just delete the apps and won't look at the apps until the next day. But I won't look at it. I won't open the apps until like later in the afternoon, the next day, but today I, unfortunately, so, so I was doing that and I actually noticed like a significant impact on my mental health about like waking up in the mornings, making my coffee and not the first thing I do go sit. I use sit on the couch and stroll. I don't know if you did that. I like make excuses in my head where I'm like, oh, I'm still waking up in the morning. So it's okay to scroll for a little bit. And like, I don't even make excuses. I just do it because I (laughs) don't even care. I've given up. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a slave to my phone. It's so bad. I really am. Yeah. The urge Um, comes and I just, I say, yes, give me the TikTok. Yeah. Well, that, that's how I was. But, but yeah, I'll like tell myself I'm waking up in the morning and I'll scroll or I'll like convince myself I'm doing research 
for like what's <laughs> TikTok purposes. Content. Yeah, TikTok trends, which by the way, I have never had when I've tried to do a TikTok trend, which is always a cringy thing because normally trends are like 16 year olds like doing yeah. voiceovers. I when I try to like hop on the trend. <laughs> it's just so what's bad what's doing on here yeah, yeah exactly i'm like my voice isn't totally or my lips aren't totally synced like it's like one of those but um yeah there's never like my content is never like a product of like research it's like the my best content is stuff that comes from like any sort of like uh you know original thought from me it's not from yeah. like replicating someone else's shit but anyway, this morning, so I was doing this like kind of cleanse. And then this morning, I also feel like I'm talking so much. I'm so You're not. I don't, going. I don't know where <laughs> this came because I was also scared. I was like, we've already chit chatted so much. We have like, we've talked a lot and somehow here I am. My mouth's moving. I still got a lot I know say. the same. We are the same person. Okay. We have the same exact experiences. <laughs> like you are me. I'm looking at me right now and I love myself. So People, I'm a narcissist. I they think they see you. Yeah, they are. I think you must see these comments because they tag you. But I, the amount of comments I get of, oh, I thought you were Emma Abraham. Yeah, <laughs> I get those all the time um, on my videos. OK, so <laughs> I what was I going to say this morning? You were you're on a cleanse and you're making your coffee. And oh, so I broke my cleanse this morning. <laughs> And then, and I, and it was cause I was like, oh, I want to post this one thing. And then I found myself dilly dallying on TikTok. And then I was just like there for a while. And I had like, I had writing stuff that I needed to get done because I'm working on this scripted podcast with my writing partner and just the day kind of got away from me. And that's the worst feeling when the day gets away from you. Well, that's what makes me feel the worst about social media. It's not even the content that I see. It's the fact that I spend two hours on TikTok and then I look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still sitting on my couch. I have not done one piece of work today or even like gotten up and made myself breakfast. Like that's when it's bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awful, awful, awful feeling. And then I really spiral and then I'm like, well, day's over. Might as well do diddly squat. And then, and that's also not- Why is every single person like Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I, it like infects my brain though. It's like a neurotoxin, the, this content, the t- social media is. We are, is- we are also the biggest hypocrites in the world because we're literally two content creators that make the content that people do. I know, but I'm not sure everyone has this, like this adverse of a reaction to it. You don't think as- I mean, I think it's like common because it's talked about all the time. Like, yeah. But then also since we do make content, we spend way more time on it. I think. Yeah. It's a lot of it is also then you like compare your own stuff to everyone else's and then you're like, I'm not doing enough. And then there's just like that element of it that I guess other people don't have. They don't make the content. Mm -hmm. I think that's for me why I spend so much time on it is because then I get the little dopamine rush of posting and then I spend literally like Instead of actually making a YouTube video, I'll spend literally two hours just checking the analytics. I'm like, this is so exactly. stupid. Exactly. Oh my God. That's when it's, that's me at my worst. Uh, re going back and forth. But I mean, I don't have you have that sort of thing with YouTube. I go I back and all forth. in all my apps. TikTok. I'm like, how many views? How many likes? Uh, oh, did anyone comment anything? And then like the, when your heart drops, when you realize a video you put a ton of work into is flopping. Yeah. And, and then it just makes me feel bad about myself. And then but what makes you feel good is creating the content. Yeah. So it's like, I have to, then I have to go force myself to create the content instead. And so that's why I've actually really loved daily vlogging because instead of being so incredibly over like whelmed with how it does or like the result of it, 
mm-hmm. and just continuing to refresh for the next day, I'm already on my way, like recording the next video and thinking about right. the next thing. And I moved on. Yeah. From it. Like, obviously I still check the analytics, but it's just better because I'm not as focused on how it's doing and rather just focus on making the next thing and trying to forget about the last one. Yeah. With your daily vlogs, do you literally start at wake up and go until sunset? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm really bad at like doing, um, things out of like order, like out of chronological order. Like mm-hmm. with my YouTube videos, I think I'm, I'm always going to have to do a day in the life because I can't do like multiple days in life and like try to combine it into one. It stresses me out. Mm. So yes, for the daily vlogs. I mean, it just, I'm not even a daily vlogger. This is stupid of me even saying this because I only started like before Christmas and then I had a two week break. <laughs> so it's, this is just stupid of me even saying this, but yes, when I am posting a video, I do start recording like pretty soon after I wake up until I go to bed. But like today I had work all day and I was like, I want to record a video today. I've recorded one thing and I'm like, now it's almost 5 PM. What am I going to do? So I don't know. Yeah. I'm still finding my workflow for it. So, okay. So I have a question. I have two questions about content creation for you. Okay. I like how you like, I like how you're, this is what happened last time. Also, I just opened my window and now I feel like a new woman. Um, great. You look glowing. Thank you. I think I'm just a little sweaty to be honest. Uh, really good. (laughs) Your skin. I'm blushing. I just like, I literally just like lost my train of thought. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, I was saying this is not the last podcast with like, I, I had so many questions written down for you. And then you just asked me all the questions and you did the podcast for me, which I love because it makes it a lot more fun. Okay. Go ahead. What were you going to ask? Well, okay. So my first question is, do you ever get, and maybe I'm a toxic bitch, but do you ever get content creator jealousy towards like certain other content creators? There's, I don't know if it's now. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's like jealousy more than anything. I think it's, it's not jealousy because I think that everyone is capable of being a content creator. Like, I think you can do whatever you want to do. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. room for everyone on the platform. I don't get jealousy, but I fi- I've really found this trend for myself that mm-hmm. I like really, I find someone I really like on YouTube, especially, I think it's mostly YouTube. I find someone I really like, I'll binge watch all their videos for one day. And then I'll just like get in my mindset of being like, I can do this. Like I can be this person. I can be as successful as this person. And then Mm -hmm. I don't want to watch their videos because I think it sparks that little jealousy factor in me of like, I don't know. I really don't know what it is, but sometimes it happens with Emma Chamberlain. Like I watch her videos and I'm like that, this is so stupid. Like I'm, I don't think I'll ever have 10 million followers on um, YouTube, but I just like watch her videos. I'm like, I can make content like this. Like I can do this. I can do it consistently. And then for some reason, I just am turned off from watching her because I think it sparks envy in me a little bit, which is just a trait that I don't usually have. Yeah. Or maybe like sometimes my experiencing experience watching Emma, which is funny. Cause like, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even have really like my YouTube is nothing, but that I, because I'm also a content creator, albeit a much you know less successful one watching her content for me is not just like entertainment. It's also like me constantly comparing myself as a content creator to her and like what she's doing. So there's, it, it almost makes me feel like, oh, I should stop watching this and actually start filming my own vlog because well, like, that's what I think it is. Like, yeah. I think that's, I don't know. Cause I really enjoy the content of these yeah. people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when I'm not doing well, especially like, I just can't watch it because it makes me feel bad about myself that I'm not out there doing that because I know right. I can. So it's the same right. thing. But then when yeah. I'm doing well, like, and I feel like I'm, well, then I'm also not watching that much content when I'm doing well. So it's just like, it's a weird trade-off, but I just feel like sometimes I have to limit myself because I do, it makes me feel bad when I'm not yeah. posting all the time. Like these other yeah. people. I know, but Emma doesn't actually post. So, I mean, she doesn't even freaking. No, and that's why I don't know what, I think it's more just like the style of video. Like, I'm like, I can do this. Like if I try hard, I can put my mind to it and like do the lifestyle type stuff. I don't even know what it is, honestly, with her videos that sometimes I'm just like, I don't know what the right word would be. Not triggered, but I'm just like, I just can't. No, I, for me, it is a little bit like triggering. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I was you when I was vlogging and I was really inspired by her format. Uh, yeah. Like, that's like that's kind of cinematic thing and I was kind of trying to do something similar and I have a big fear of people accusing me of being like copying or being yeah. original. like even for example when I've started some of my videos like I've been doing the voiceover thing and some sometimes I'm doing a voiceover of like skincare sometimes I'm doing a voiceover of me getting ready for a run or mm-hmm. getting ready for just a fit and sometimes it's food like me preparing a dish. Yeah. And I got paranoid. I'm like, are people going to be thinking I'm copying Emily Mariko? Because, and I'm like, and then I stepped back. Sorry, my friend's texting me. And then I stepped back and I was like, for, for what? For what? Cause like, cause I'm making food. Yeah. Everyone does that literally every yeah. day. Like there, there, there's so many food accounts. Oh my gosh. Why? How? <laughs> you know, when people send you like eight texts, yeah, you're like, stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I got, I got afraid that people were going to think, uh, accuse me of copying her for literally making a recipe. And I was like, no, that's literally insane. That's the thing I think just with social media in general, a lot of it is just in your own head. Like everything is just overthinking. Mm -hmm. That's all my problems just come from overthinking, to be honest. So the more I work, the more, the less I overthink. Mm -hmm. And I've spent so much time over the last couple of years, just laying in my bed, not thinking or not doing anything and just thinking. And Mm -hmm. it drove me to insanity where now I'm the opposite where I'm like, I'm going to just do that. This is like unhealthy. Probably. I'm just going to distract myself and daily vlog every day. So I don't have to think about anything, but also, I don't know. I feel like overthinking just caused problems. Like it didn't help anything. So yeah, I'm not running away from anything. I'm just like avoiding myself. It's like why people run for mental health. People run for mental health because it helps them not think about other things. It's the same thing for me with work. Like I just love doing it because it helps me not overthink about my life. Yeah. I have two, two thoughts, but I just, (laughs) I don't, one fires me up running for mental health. Someone, some, someone commented on a video yesterday. It was also not a running related video, but someone commented because I'm very openly, I speak openly about how running for me is a way for me to manage my mental health. Yeah. Then someone comments, you already have mental health if you're running for mental health, because there's the whole, you know, there's a whole gatekeeping culture around like, you know, around mental health topics. Are you like people basically gatekeeping whether or not you are depressed, you know, that, that sort of thing, which I think is absolutely ridiculous given that, you know, formal diagnoses of depression are a lot of things that people, most people don't have access to, but if we're going to fucking go there, I have gotten a formal diagnosis. So, (laughs) but I just like, I hate that. I, I just hate TikTok comment haters. And I know I should just not let it get to me, but but like it okay, does yeah it does get to me so that's 
one thing um, that you reminded me of what we were talking about, like about doing like the worst periods of or dark periods is when you just are overthinking things. Yeah. And I think there was this really smart TikTok video that I actually saw. You know when, do you ever, are you ever in conversation with someone and you're like, oh, I read this thing. And it's like, mm, you saw a TikTok video. Yeah. I was about to say I read something. No, no, no. I watched this TikTok of this like teenager saying this really smart, insightful thing that like you get into such a rut when you're like waiting for things to be perfect to make stuff. And like, she was specifically talking about like all the drafts in her TikTok of like things she was going to make when she like looked a little better, when her makeup was better, when like the lighting was better. But then you just end up having draft after draft of like overthinking of all the ways a video could be like a little bit better if things were slightly different. And then you never end up making the video because things never get there. And then it's just like, you're spiraling, not making anything, thinking there's going to be like a future version of yourself that will, but that person actually never will. Anyway, I do think that what you're describing of like making stuff every day is like the totally the healthy reaction to that because like that you're just if you're just committed to making it regardless of every little detail like you're then you're making it you're doing the thing and like I think most people don't even end up doing the thing because they're waiting for things to be perfect and they never will be. I think that's what YouTube has been for me though and that's why I basically 2021 for me, I barely posted at all. And when I did, I like, it was just this constant, I don't know, thinking I needed to do something different or that I needed to change something or that, like you said, I just had so many ideas and I was the queen of planning. Like I've been the queen of planning over the last couple of years. I am the worst at executing. Executing. Yeah. Like I have not executed anything I've wanted to do because of exactly what you said of, I had this like idea that I would have this like future motivated version of me or like this future person that looked differently, which Mm -hmm. is tied to the body image stuff. Like there's just so much of me that has always thought about this perfect version of myself that would create all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it was all in my head. And this is why I spent so much time overthinking that now I'm the opposite. Now it's like, stop waiting for yourself to change. Stop waiting for anything to happen and just put out content. It doesn't matter who watches. It doesn't matter anything. Just do it because you enjoy doing it. And it doesn't matter what people say about it. It doesn't matter. Just do it. And it's brought me like just having that epiphany, but it's taken years. Yeah. Having that epiphany of just not caring anymore Mm -hmm. and and just not overthinking it and just doing instead of just laying rotting in my bed. Mm -hmm. It has just helped my mental health so much. And I don't care if people... I don't know. I don't care if people judge me for working too much or for, I don't know, living a lonely life. I'm like, I don't care. It's way better than what I was doing before. So that's, I mean, it's, it's just nice to feel that way again, because it's just so much more productive in my life. And I feel like I'm actually working towards something, but it took a long time to get there. Is this even relatable to anyone that like, doesn't, I don't even know people. No, I think it really is because I think a lot of us just like, when you want to create something, and you put, and you want it to create it well, like you put a lot of stakes on that and you are waiting for a version of yourself to like come around and do it and do it the best way possible. But that version of yourself really is never going to come because it's probably unrealistic. So you just got to make it with what you have now. And then like, yeah, I, I think the great irony is like, you're waiting for a version of yourself that will only exist after you have done the thing. And then yeah. that person will be there. And like, 
yeah I mean the the amount of times I've like put off especially with writing honestly that's it's been this the one thing as much as I just shat on this program that I'm in and I'm very by the way grateful to be in this program uh, the MFA program but the deadlines we've had so many writing deadlines that I just haven't had I could I can't afford to to dilly dally and like and wait for things to be perfect and for me to be in the perfect headspace to write. Like you, I got to get it done. And that's, and it's been a great learning experience to apply to like, to my content creation, to anything, just, just start and just do it because the first draft might not be good, but it's going to get fine enough. And mediocre art is okay art to make. And that, I mean, I say the same thing about people wanting to start anything on social media. I'm like, just do it. Like, mm-hmm. People ask me like, what camera do you have? What I'm like, don't even, don't even yeah. don't invest in a camera before yeah. you put out a video, like just yeah. record on your phone and see if you like it first. Do not spend hundreds of dollars on a camera. Cause you have no idea if you even will be able to do it consistently or if you even like it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's never going to be perfect. And you just have to like start putting content out repeatedly and consistently. And that's where you're going to see like feedback at least rather than just overthinking in your head about it. Cause it'll never be perfect. There's always stuff that you can fix about content. It's just, I don't know. That's just my own personal experience, but it's taken years for me to get to that point. I think of just like, I don't know, just like not really caring anymore and just being like, I'm just going to put out what I want to put out because that's the only sustainable way of me doing social media moving forward, especially is doing it for myself and like fulfillment and doing content that I find fulfilling because I can't like, I don't know. I just had this rant on my YouTube channel yesterday about running. I was like, I have to like run for myself. Like I can't, just put on a show for my followers and be like, I'm going to train for this race and just not actually care about it because that's unsustainable for me. And I can't trick myself into doing that. I have to actually care about it. And it feels good because I really do care now. Yeah. I don't know, but I just had a lot of epiphanies over the last couple of months. Yeah. Epiphanies are good. I think, um, like I've had that, I've, I have, I've had to have that realization of the only sustainable way to make content is content that you genuinely want to make. And I've that realization I've had to have like multiple times because you know, as a content creator, you have so much access to immediate analytics and like immediate feedback on what you're putting out there. So it's so easy to like go down rabbit holes of like, oh, they really liked this. So now I'm going to do more of that. And more of that might not necessarily be what you want to want to be making. Like, yeah, it's like, it's finding the balance. On one hand, you obviously want to give the audience what they want. But on another hand, it's like, if that's going to sacrifice your mental health to do that, and you're not going to be able to create any content at all, and you're going to be stuck, you know, burnt out, then that's not sustainable either so you kind of have to just find the balance and then it also requires pivoting too because it's like you can only do certain types of content for so long until it drives you insane and also until people don't want to see it anymore so it's just that's just the hard thing is like constant just reassessing and adjusting and it's also the fun part of the job though because it's like always keeping you on your toes so it's exciting and just the freedom to do whatever you want is nice on like content wise you can you can try anything pretty much so Yeah. That was my experience exactly with, like, I think my most successful videos for running on TikTok were the get ready with me's. Yeah. And the people loved them initially, the people loved them. And I started just 
pumping them out and doing them every time I went for a run. And then I start, I think I started to hate them first before other people got bored of them. But I was like, I started to resent the fact that I had to like film myself getting ready for a run when like, you know, sometimes to get yourself out for a run, you literally just have to throw on clothes, put on your shoes, not think, turn your brain off. That's telling you, don't go for this run. Don't go for this run. Literally get it ready as fast as possible. Get out the door and start. And then think, then you can take a sigh of relief. You're like, I've started, we're doing it. But because I was doing these get ready with me videos, I was like, there was this like, cause those take, you know, 25 minutes. Cause you're pausing, you're starting, you're like, no, yeah. need this shirt. And like, you know, it's a whole thing and it's a performance. Like you have to be on, you don't want to be like bummed to be making the video. Cause who wants to watch that? So, you know, and, and that, that literally would like make me not only not want to make the video, but then not want to go for the run at all. Cause I was like, Oh, what's the point in going for a run if I'm not going to do the video, which is so that's like not, and it actually really had a detrimental effect on my running. But then the, to what you were saying earlier, I also think people were getting bored of them. There's only so many times you can see a girl get ready for a run and think it's interesting. Okay. You know, <laughs> like, it's not like it, it does. It just doesn't work the same. Like it did. Like it once did. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't hit the same Yeah, for didn't. both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to get, you have to get to that point though, where you like really realize that like, you have to have a day like that where you're like, yeah. I can't do this anymore. Cause it's actually like affecting my actual life. Like it's not yeah. fun anymore. You know? Yeah. It's it's not fun anymore, you guys. (laughs) This isn't fun. (laughs) I don't know why I'm listening to this that like has like I don't know, just doesn't really think good about social media people, just are probably feeling so much worse now. They're like, your life is so easy. You would literally have to put on a shirt and film it and be like, yeah, 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 before you go for a run and that's your job. I promise it's harder though than people think. It really is. It's a lot harder. It's the mental aspect, it's not the actual act of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, it's a performance. That's another reason why I've been really liking the voiceovers is because it's like, it takes the edge off of it. Like I can make my food and not talk to the camera and then I can talk to the camera or I can talk later. And like, it's, it's kind of nice to split up the talking and that like the physicality. I, oh yeah, for sure. Like I love a good voiceover video, like making one for that reason. Cause it's like, just two completely different things. I make YouTube videos. That's like what I eat in a days and it's all voiceovers. So it's like, oh. I just film my food and it's so nice. Cause then, I mean, half the time in the morning, I'm like, I can't be bothered to like, yeah. Ah! yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Actually, lately, all my daily vlogs have been me just ah, 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 for literally like, I'm not kidding 30 minutes. And I, I really can't watch. wait to watch them and see you do that. Like literally watch my last two. You will be like, is this girl okay? And I am okay, but actually I'm doing great, which is why I'm putting on the performance for you all. But it's also my personality, so it's fine. But anyways, I don't want to, again, this podcast is going on for so long. And I just, I wonder if people are even following at this point because we've gone in so many different directions. But I also love this episode because it's like genuine just conversation. And this is the point of my podcast is just have a conversation. But once again, we didn't get to any like the questions I had really. Like I, questions I had, favorite food. Favorite fruit? We've already had this discussion, I think, on the last one. Yeah. Well, I've definitely told, I think it was you. Bananas are my ride or die. Yeah. Although I've kind of ha- I haven't had a banana in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No way. <laughs> I know I'm going to get canceled for that. That's a very problematic. That's the most problematic thing I've said on the internet. Actually, no, because (laughs) 
inside joke inside, inside joke inside joke inside joke <laughs> this is when people click off they're like actually no they clicked off far before this yeah. probably where are we trying to wrap it up we can wrap it up now do you have anything else you want to bring to the table we can have you on a third time if people want okay yeah the let the people or let emma know people yeah (laughs) and they asked me to come i appreciate you coming on though i always love having a good conversation with you oh you should just come visit san diego and we can vibe i would love that i literally might maybe i will and um so you're gonna definitely be there until october right yeah if I, if I come out to the West Coast, I'll definitely skip on down to San Diego for a few days. It'd be so fun to hang. Yeah. Um, where can people follow you? Oh, um, well, my TikTok that I've just sh- spent an hour shitting on. Um, he <laughs> makes great Lou. content. Go follow. <laughs> Lydia Lou 121 I might be making a new account for my writing, but not sure. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram, Lydia Lou 12 And... If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, which I haven't done in a while, you can go to my website, which is lydiakeating.com, and I have a newsletter subscription page. Maybe I'll be revamping that. Maybe that's how I'll share my writing. Anyway. A lot of exciting things coming down the pipeline for Lydia, so go <laughs> give her a follow. Everything's linked in the description. Um, okay, well, it was great chatting a second time. Maybe a third will come soon. But to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? For me. Yeah. Peace out, fellas. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Comms Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. I seriously love talking to Lydia. We, I kid you not, spent three and a half hours on Zoom total. I know this episode was long, but then we spent another like two hours talking after the Zoom call and before the Zoom call. Like seriously, I feel like she's, even though we've never met in person, I feel like we are just, I feel like I could talk to her for hours and we have so much in common. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and all of the different tangents that we went on. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Combs Over Cold Brew Pod and also rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, which really helps me. And I would really love to reach 1K reviews on there. 1,000 reviews, that would be amazing. So I really appreciate if you take like the 15 seconds to go and do that if you listen to the podcast and you love it. Thank you guys again for listening and I will hear from you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.